Welcome back to the Jim Leach Show. It may be the most anticipated book maybe ever for students of Illinois politics, a comprehensive review of the uh, career and the uh, power accumulation of one Michael J. Madigan. And uh, you talk about uh, living a charmed life. The author of the book just completed it. It's just published, just out. And already there's going to be a demand for a second printing with additional chapters added. Ray Long, Chicago Tribune uh, investigative reporter, is the author of The House That Madigan Built and joins us here this afternoon. Ray, welcome to the program. Great to have you here. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for having me on. I've been uh, telling the story for the last several days of the fact that my copy of the book arrived in the mail literally an hour before they announced uh, that Mike Madigan had, after all of these years and all of the rumors and all the whispers, been indicted on uh, sweeping uh, federal corruption charges. I got to ask, how did you feel knowing all the work you put into this book? You got it signed, sealed, delivered, printed, it's gone out to everybody, and then boom, you realize it, it is now an unfinished book. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, um, we took it right up to the point of indictment. So um, we even write that uh, at the end that, uh, you know, now uh, we have to wonder what the ex-speaker is thinking. Well, we know what he's thinking now. He's just been indicted. So you can take that uh, copy of the press release from John Lausch, the U.S. attorney up here, and paste it at the back of the book, and you'll have a much uh, broader copy. But uh, in all seriousness, um, there is such a massive uh, uh, amount of information about uh, Mike Madigan's uh, career. What I tried to do was hit upon the highlights here that would give people a, a real true sense by uh, finding some of his high moments and some of his low moments. You know, it's a great read. I'm not all the way through it yet. I've only had the book since last Wednesday, but it is a real page turner. And what's fascinating about it is this is the guy who is maybe the most talked about political figure in Illinois in any of our lifetimes. And yet he may also be the most misunderstood. As as you note in the book, he's sometimes referred to as the Sphinx. Uh, he very much keeps his own counsel. He was not a guy for big, splashy news conferences and things. So so let me ask you, what 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 do you see as the biggest misconception about Madigan? What what do people generally not get about the former speaker? Well, you know, I say in the introduction, Jim, that he comes off a lot of the times like uh, uh, Clint Eastwood in uh, Dirty Harry or the old man in Gran Torino. But uh, the guy had a sense of humor, too, and he was... Uh, quick on his feet, but uh, he didn't always want to answer questions. And so he would be clear when he wanted to be, and he would be uh, vague when he wanted to be, and he would walk away when he wanted to and didn't want to ask questions. But I, I think that a lot of people probably view him as one-sided, just a, you know, ruthless and mean, but uh, he had uh, the full uh, uh tapestry of emotions that went through him. 
What's really, to me, fascinating about Mike Madigan, too, is we, you know, we've seen a lot of politicians over the years who really know how to wield the levers of power to get what they want. And they're often driven by ideological objectives. They have a certain uh, way they want things done, and they will use that power to achieve those ends. Madigan seemed to be wielding the levers of power for the sake of getting more power. He wasn't necessarily ideologically driven because we've seen his you know, stark evolution on any number number of issues over the years. He could be anti-tax increase one year, pro-tax increase the next, uh, opposed to gay marriage one year, in favor of it the next. Uh, But every move he made simply seemed destined and designed to just increase his hold on power. That seems to make him kind of unique among political figures. Yeah, I think that you're right. Uh, uh, I found an interview with him, too, uh, that He said, uh, I'm a Democrat. I don't have an adjective in front of Democrat. I'm not conservative, moderate, or liberal, but I'm a Democrat, and that gives me flexibility. And the flexibility is what he used to try to go wherever the uh, momentum was in the electorate to try to help his um, uh, lawmakers in the Democratic caucus and help them maintain the majority so he could maintain his throne. Talking with author Ray Long of the Chicago Tribune, he has written the book, The House That Madigan Built, uh, telling the story, uh, as much as any one book can, of Mike Madigan's uh, 40 years, uh, really at the the height of power here in Illinois politics. But, uh, Ray, what's interesting to note, and and you do point this out in the book as well, that uh, Mike Madigan didn't really invent the tactics that allowed him to have this kind of iron-fisted control over his members and over what policies did and didn't ultimately make it to a governor's desk or, or get enacted. Uh, people have been playing hardball in Illinois politics for a long time before Mike Madigan came along. It just seems like maybe he was just a little bit better at it. Yeah, I think longevity played a role in it. His discipline played a role in it. Uh, he wasn't a guy who went out and partied every night, enjoyed the uh, the social aspects of, of the, the power uh that he had, but he was a guy who would go back and read bills and, and try to figure out his next move to enhance his power or to tweak a, a piece of legislation to help his his uh, caucus or to figure out what bills should be killed or which ones should, should pass, to, again, to help enhance his position politically. But it's that very discipline that led so many people to believe that he was he was never going to actually be brought down, that he would not actually succumb to the fate that a lot of his underlings, a lot of his members in the Democratic caucus did, where they got caught up in the federal corruption schemes, got indicted, etc. cetera. Uh, yet he, he did. He wound up uh, ultimately get, getting uh, snared in the same net. So, so what do you see as his downfall? Was it just simple hubris for having been so powerful for so long? Well, I think that's part of it, but I think also that this is a guy who came up during a time when we didn't use email, we didn't have this sophisticated electronics that the feds have now for phone tapping and things like that. And while he didn't necessarily get recorded that often, um, he still uh, was a, a guy who uh, got written about, for example, with Mike McLean would would uh, have a meeting with Madigan, and it may not be recorded, but then he would 
go and write an email to the folks that come in and say, Madigan said this, or Madigan did this, or Madigan wants this guy put on the payroll, and you got to understand why it's important, because he needs him for his political operation. Things like that play a role in um, it, that Madigan didn't envision. I don't think he envisioned people like Mike McLean writing so many emails or being so chatty on the telephone. Uh, you know, I, I think you're uh, maybe delving into something that I could see becoming part of an ultimate uh, Madigan defense uh, if his case ever does go to trial, uh, that the, it was the underlings who got out of control and out of hand and carried things too far. Mike Madigan didn't direct them to do the things they did. They just uh, went overboard trying to, to please the boss. Uh, is there any validity to that notion uh, or, or were they, in fact, taking their cues and doing exactly what Madigan wanted them to do? Well, I think another one of the great uh, uh, plays or, or um, overall efforts that Madigan had in this whole uh, career was that he wasn't always direct in telling people what to do. And so he may be able to put up some kind of defense where I didn't say do X, but people assumed that he wanted them to do X and that they went off on their own and did X. But um, there are... Uh, too many occasions in this indictment to think that uh, he uh, just did this uh, without some kind or that people did this without some kind of wink and nod or some kind of belief that they had uh, um, direction, allegedly direction from Madigan. One piece of recurring conventional wisdom over the years about former House Speaker Mike Madigan was that he was actually tougher on Democratic governors than on Republican governors. He didn't want to share any of the power in the Democratic Party or give a Democratic governor uh, too much ability to make that much of a name for themselves. Uh, but he was certainly a thorn in the side of governors from both parties over the years. Who do you think did the, the best job at sort of counteracting his influence, keeping him in check, and who did the worst? Well, interestingly, um, Pat Quinn uh, and him did not see eye to eye on many, many things, but still they were able to put in place an income tax that really helped the state when it needed it. Um, why they went with only a four-year temporary tax uh, is still a, a mystery, but um, the, Madigan had over the years uh, – grown accustomed to putting in temporary taxes, and um, they uh, still put through gay marriage, uh, the abolishment of the uh, death penalty, and uh, later you saw Madigan expand on abortion rights, too. So um, it, it's a good question as to who stood up to him the best, but uh, Quinn, who failed in the end to really get full support from Madigan during the his second campaign, um, actually was able to get a few things done. He, he actually got a pension plan passed, even though it was thrown out by the Supreme Court, and some people think that maybe Madigan may have made it so uh, tough that it, it would uh, fail in the courts anyway, but uh, that's one of those things that you're having to do with Madigan. You're always guessing what he's actually thinking. 
Uh, your your book, of course, uh, lays out the many and varied ways that Mike Madigan was able to to use his power for his uh, own political purposes here. But it certainly lays out as well how that power could be misused to the detriment of uh, getting things done, to the detriment of serving the people of the state. Uh, do you get any sense that today's politicians, the successors uh, to Mike Madigan and wielding those levers of power, have learned anything from him? They they didn't seem to with Rod Blagojevich or a whole host, host of their colleagues who are uh, uh, doing time or uh, out of a job because of uh, their own excesses, uh, will Madigan serve as a cautionary tale for the next generation of uh, lawmakers in Illinois? I think too many people are against reforms that could uh, put uh, too much transparency and light on them. So it, what we've seen over the years is every time you get some scoundrel who has created a scandal, uh, you end up with uh, reforms that come out nice and tough and then get watered down along the way. I think that's the thing we got to watch here for, and that is something we uh, ought to try to avoid, is to uh, try to put in something tough and pass it and make it a, a tougher standard for the public servants to uh, stand up to and, and follow. In the meantime, if you really want to understand how power is used in Illinois, uh, sometimes to get things done for everyone's benefit and sometimes to get things done for the benefit of a chosen few, you should definitely read The House That Madigan Built. Ray Long of the Chicago Tribune is the author. Ray, how do people find the book? Well, you can uh, go to the University of Illinois Press website, and it's there. Or you could just Google my name, Ray Long, and... uh, the house that Madigan built, and it will pop up with a variety of places from Barnes & Noble to Amazon to other places that you could go to, too. Well, it's it's a great read. Uh, I've been around for most of the events in it, and even I uh, had my memory jogged for a few things I'd forgotten over the years. Uh, fascinating stuff. Can't wait to get to the end of it and uh, looking forward for the next edition with the extra chapters uh, that you'll be <laughs> adding to it. Ray, listen, thanks so much for your time. Congratulations on the book. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Jim. Good talk.